Are you ready for the end of the world? Perhaps. Perhaps. So, this is Orda Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And I think we're on the... I think we're live. The power of education. Education is political. It is widely recognized as a key strategy for empowering women and those living in poverty, leading to improved health, economic growth and population control in developing country. This potential doesn't always go unchallenged. Education for women, for example, is discouraged by some fundamental patriarchal religions. But poor education can be disempowering. It can be... Greening schools holds such a huge potential for educating schools. Green schools connect students via windows, daylighting, natural ventilation, and outdoor spaces to the wonders of the natural world. Of course, critical thinking can be learned just about anywhere, and every school can improve, get a bit safer, healthier, and more sustainable. That's the theme of the first Green Apple Day of Service on September 29th, launched by the Center for Green Schools at the U.S. Green Building Council to encourage students, teachers, staff, and parents in communities all over to get together around a project at their local school. You can join in to plant a garden, conduct an energy audit, or paint a hallway, you know, using low-pollution paints. So, is something planned for our community? That's why I'm announcing this for September 29th. I would like to announce that we are doing something. So, I'm sure there's something happening. They had a press conference for the Green Roof over at SIU, and there's the Logic, what is that, Local Organic Gardening Initiative of Carbondale. Yep. Those are a few things, but anyway... Check out what's planned for your community or make something happen and publicize it at mygreenapple.org. So, yeah. And that is brought to you by uh, Green Source Magazine, which is um, 
U.S. Green Building Council's magazine. So Yeah, um, and if it's local, you can also send it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and oh, we'll yeah, mention it here. Oh, yeah, you want us to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I actually went over to the Green Roof during the Green Roof Open House at SIU. That was pretty good. We need more green roofs in the world. Well, I was talking to somebody last night, and they were like, well, how can you have... What happens if the roof gets a hole in it? I was just like, well, it's not any different if it's <laughs> yeah. with the green or not on it. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, I, you know, it's it's just a little bit of soil. So if there's a hole that you have to fix that's somehow under there, you just move the soil. It <laughs> <just like, laughs> takes about 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's. I guess it's like if you get a leak underground in a pipe, Yeah, you would get to the pipe and fix it. Yeah, um, and it's actually, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen any studies in this, but it's less likely because in order to do the green roof, they add extra layers you know, they add layers of, you know, to protect the roof itself from any water that's watering the plants. So it could actually be protection against uh, leaks in your roof. Sounds good. So today, what is today? <laughs> today is September 21st. Yes. Isn't that supposed to be like the first day of fall? Uh, actually, technically tomorrow is. Okay, so this is the last day of summer. Yeah, you can celebrate summer for one more day with that nice summer weather we've got outside today. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, it's, let's see, um, uh, four, 1,400 hours uh, uh, Greenwich, ti- Greenwich time. Uh, so sometime early in the morning tomorrow is the equinox. Well, 1,400 is... Um, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so but that's in uh, England, you know. Oh, so oh, okay. moving it over to us. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh wait, there's other parts of the world. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right, you are listening to your community spirit. Let's get to the news. Occupy everywhere. People in India are striking and marching against government plans to open the country to global supermarket chains. Officials say the chains are needed to fix the lagging economy. Editorial note, <laughs> did it fix ours? I, I don't think so. How's, we've, we've had more chain stores in southern Illinois recently. How's the southern Illinois economy doing? It's like <laughs> a lot of small towns have closed because, you know, yeah. mean, you get a big store and it closes down like 10 small stores. Yeah, it does an initial burst of construction activity, and then it, but it stays in the community as a vacuum cleaner that sucks what? the <laughs> it, it sucks all the dollars out of the community and okay. sends it to the corporate office. Okay, back to the <laughs> back to the serious news. Officials said the chains are needed to fix the the chains. <laughs> it was like the chains are needed to bind the lagging economy. Yeah. Um, but unions and smaller shops fear that the larger businesses will mean bankruptcies and job and business losses. Yeah, I didn't say that very sarcastically. Yeah, uh, my baby's got me wrapped up in chains. <laughs> All right, uh, before I start any more singing, let's get to the next item. Uh, as Apple customers settle into line in New York City to wait for the release of the iPhone 5, they aren't alone. Occupiers have been steadily creeping into line near them, apparently planning. <laughs> they're planning a protest against the slave labor used to produce the slave phones. Slave labor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, sweatshop labor, and and you know, in oh, some yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, know, we people, call it sweatshop. We call labor. it sweatshop labor here, and people are like, oh, they're just sweating a little bit. It's like you know, ninety-five degrees in there, so they're sweating. It's uh-huh. no, it's 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 really slave labor. Yeah, it's really slave labor. I mean. Especially sometimes, you know, if you've got them in that hired of conditions, sometimes you can actually trap them there so they can't leave. The funniest quote is one of the customers said, the occupiers have nicer sleeping bags than we do. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so occupiers are being stylish. George Zimmerman claims self-defense for ki- 
killing Tyvon Martin. Yeah, you, Trayvon. Trayvon. You remember this? this oh, was, yeah. I remember this. Th- this was in Florida where um, it was a preemptive killing, right? This was a big deal because he thought this youth was going to attack him, so he shot him. Right? That's yeah. the whole point. So in this... So he's saying that the young man reached for his weapon before he was able to shoot him. A problem has arisen for Zimmerman concerning that story, as Martin's DNA was not found on the gun or the holster. It seems he will be not using the, quote, stand-your-ground law as his defense, as the case now does not meet the qualifications. Hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like he literally, well... We don't know the evidence, but it sounds like there's a higher chance that he literally gunned this guy down. Yeah, because there's no evidence now that uh, Trayvon Martin had touched the gun. So that contradicts his, his story, which puts him in a little bit of trouble there. Well, I mean, could there, if there was DNA anywhere on the guy's person, period, that could mean that the, you know, he could say, I mean, he said the guy was attacking him, right? Yeah. So, I mean... There could be, if there was DNA anywhere on his person, but I mean, he said he, they were fighting over the gun. Yeah. Right? And if you're, if you're struggling over a gun, there's probably going to be DNA evidence. Well, not probably. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's like we, unless you're super Mr. Clean, you're flaking <laughs> at all times. Yeah. It's like, and the science is pretty advanced at this point. <laughs> if, if you've touched it, they can figure it out. Okay, so let's see. Some other news. At UC Davis, prosecutors have decided not to pursue criminal charges against the police officer who pepper sprayed a group of sitting students back in November. I remember that guy. It became a famous internet meme. It was a big, uh, big story. So this is where the the group of kids... Yeah. They're kids just sitting there on the concrete. ...are literally sitting down, like, on the concrete. Yeah, and he's got the industrial size uh, and, and pepper spray. And he literally walked down the line of kids sitting on the concrete and sprayed them straight in the face. Yeah, like, shake, 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 shh. Okay. <laughs> All over them. And uh, so they've decided not to pursue criminal charges. While the officials ruled that too much force was used, it was also found that the police officers involved genuinely believed they were in a hostile situation. Well, they ca- it sounds like you would cause a hostile situation <laughs> doing that. Yeah, you, you would think so. Uh, I mean, you would, it, it goes to show, I wonder if they didn't have, like, you know, riots training or that sort of thing. Because, you know, if people don't have riot training, they don't realize that their own... Initiation of force can escalate things. Well, they were wearing riot gear. They were wearing riot gear, but that doesn't always mean they have riot training. Well, I mean, if you have a gun, you get training. So why would, like... You would think so. If you give someone a giant can of pepper spray, you would think you'd train them in crowd control techniques first. But maybe it didn't happen. And that basically is what it sounds like they're saying here, because they're saying uh, they thought they were in danger when there were some students sitting there peaceably blocking the sidewalk. Have you seen the video of... It, it was a very, very large. Oh yeah, it was a large around crowd around them. Yeah, you know, saying you know, leave them alone, leave them alone. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was a very large crowd. I'm not I blaming mean, them most for being. Of the videos you see are just the close up of these people. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking a very large crowd, and you don't like when you're in the middle of a large crowd, you do not incite. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's logical. Yeah, I, I don't blame them for being tense in the situation, but it's just simply a, a in, in my opinion, you know, a drastic and, and violent action to take against them when they're just sitting there. You know, there's always other options of waiting for reinforcements, you know, negotiating, going around them in some way. You know, it's... <laughs> anyway. That is not UC Davis's view on the situation, apparently. Apparently not. 
I mean... And apparently, you know, that's 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 any defense to use. You know, well, I thought I was in danger, so I'll just go and attack people, you know. Well, that's what that other guy was doing. <laughs> he thought he was in danger, so he shot that kid. Yeah, it's the new trend. As long as you're in a, a position of greater, uh, you know, privilege, then you can just go ahead and say, well, I felt threatened by people with less privilege than me, so I'm going to attack them. <laughs> that's not a good precedent to set. We, we've seen that happen before. It goes in bad directions. When there's a larger crowd <laughs> just like you have to realize that the underprivileges are there's more of them yeah there are <laughs> just like that's why it's called privilege I, but i mean they are you know feeling threatened i mean yeah. so they're you know trying to lock down their their you know corner of the planet so <laughs> yeah okay twitter has given the depleted, deleted Occupy tweets over to the court with the stipulation that they remain sealed until an appellate court rules this Friday. Now, basically, um, Twitter last Friday succumbed to the pressure from a New York criminal court to turn over deleted tweets of an Occupy Wall Street protester. And this is why you should care. Um, Twitter actually gave in to a New York court subpoena requiring it to turn over more than three months' worth of tweets by user Malcolm Harris, who was arrested last September during an Occupy Wall Street protest. Now, the surrender of the tweets, which uh, Harris actually had deleted from his profile, you know, of course, anything that's on the Internet is there permanently. I mean... You've got to assume, like, you know, some, some stuff does disappear, but you can never be sure what won't. Right. Um, But most of the stuff they, you know, back up and keep. Yeah. Um, So uh, Harris deleted from his public profile. This follows a month-long battle by Twitter to keep the information from landing in the hands of the prosecutors. Now, the surrender of the tweets was the result of New York State Supreme Court Judge Matthew uh, Scorino's threat to hold the company in contempt and oppose a fine on Twitter if the tweets were not handed over by today. Mm-hmm. To assess the amount of the fine, the judge demanded that Twitter disclose its earning statements from the past two quarters, financial data that Twitter, as a privately held company, does not want to be made public to the court. <laughs> so basically, they were threatened with a fine, and that wasn't an issue. The issue was they don't want people to know how much they're worth. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and give you this information, even though we're not supposed to. Yeah. That that sounds like an underhanded strategy by the judge there to, uh, you know, get the information out of them. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, basically this means now that any activist anywhere in the world, I mean, Twitter was a big deal uh, during the Arab Spring, you know, the uprising to create democracy. Yeah, it was. It was huge. So now any country can now threaten the same thing to twitter and they will turn over the information yeah (laughs) i mean so now it's no longer um you know but i mean it's on the internet it's people don't realize if it's on the internet it is not private yeah yeah i mean i just basically i do sometimes have you know semi-private private communications online but anytime i put something on the computer i think about the fact that Anyone, anywhere could eventually get that information. Because <laughs> sometimes it happens. Yeah. I mean... It goes through all those different servers. It always gets saved in all those different places. People could hack into accounts of various sorts. 
So anyway, this is an issue for anybody in the world who are trying to do activism. And, you know, there is a lot of places in the world where, I mean, like China, Facebook is blocked in China. <laughs> so they have to use other modes of communication. I don't know. Is Twitter blocked in China? I don't know. I mean, um, I've had two friends go to China to teach English, and, you know, they just basically dropped off of the Facebook world. Every once in a while, they go to Hong Kong for a weekend and, you know, post an update <laughs> yeah. to their Facebook that we're still doing good and things are happening. So, um, anyway, other news. iPhone users have spent $6 billion on broken phones. Mm -hmm. So here's a product that is droppable, made of glass. <laughs> there's something wrong with, there's something very unsustainable about that design. Now, in this study, it's, they um, figured out that $5.9 billion has been spent on repairing and replacing broken phones of the past five years. And most of it, you know, some of it's minor, but um, let's see. Actually, if you get this, if you get our newsletter, we've got two easy repairs you can do at home. There's one of them that's pretty complicated, and then there's one where you can actually replace the front glass yourself. Although... Um, some of the new ones, they're saying that they're gluing it together so you can't actually repair any mm -hmm. of it. So, um, well, most people who ended up with a broken phone opted to replace or repair them. 11% continued using phones with cracked screens, and 6% taped them as a temporary repair. So, you know, all right. <laughs> all right, let's see what we've got in other news. Uh <laughs> robotic plant drone moves house plants to sunny spots. Uh, how can robots help you grow a green thumb? By giving your plants wheels and the ability to seek out sunny spots in your house, naturally. Uh, Steve Verstraeti, a sculptor from Belgium, built these robotic plant holders on top of the uh, on top of little wheeled platforms, like thinking like a remote controlled car, but with light seeking directive. So his house plants always get the light in his house. <laughs> Now, this, I mean, this is funny to think about. Like, you know, like you've seen like the little, I won't name brand names, or the little robots, vacuum cleaners that uh, move around the house automatically. Yeah, that's basically what it looks like. Yeah. But. It's like, you know, a little plant, you put a plant on top of one of these and it automatically seeks the sunlight. Sure. It's like sun tracking for solar panels. Right. But it, it keeps your plants in the sunshine. Well, the best thing about this is he hasn't made a product. Mm -hmm. He's actually put the list of everything that it takes to make one of these, including the schematic online. So if you want to make one, um, we have the very, very long link to it. If you send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, we will send you it for a complete parts list and the design <laughs> schematic to make your own solar tracking robot. Yes, and it's called the Plant Host Drone. <laughs> the Plant Host Drone. <laughs> It's a drone that actually helps plants rather than doing anything more nefarious. Okay. <laughs> the first Lil Liger. Let's see if I can even... The first Lil Liger. This is a half lion, half lion, half tiger. It makes sense, honestly. Let me go. It, well, it makes as much sense as, you know, lions and tigers having sex. <laughs> so a zoo in Siberia has bred the first Lil Liger. This, 
Um, <laughs> Kyra's father was a lion, and her mother was a liger, which is the offspring of a male lion and a female tiger bred for its skills in magic. <laughs> so... Um, ligers are freaking huge. I mean, they're the largest cat in the world. Again, half lion, half tiger, weighing in at 1,600 pounds. And now, so we have a new offspring, which is, again, father lion, mother, half lion, half tiger. So, but anyway, there's a bunch of other different ones, but. The big cat crossbreeding is starting to get out of hand. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they don't do is... it in nature, but they do it in captivity because they just really, you know, when you throw two of them together, they don't have anybody else to do it with. <laughs> yeah, they, they play some music, you know, candlelight. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if they would lock a human over extended period of time with an ape. <laughs> Maybe it's best not to know. <laughs> Just like, but yeah, I didn't know this about the because uh, part of what I had heard before about ligers and tigons, however you want to name them, is that uh, I didn't think they could reproduce beyond that generation, you know. But now they've got them reproducing to successive generations. Yeah. So someday there might be a species that is a species between the two. Well, like a donkey and a horse, they do that, but their offspring sterile. Yeah. So I guess so. Um, have you seen this music video of Bill Nye and Isaac Asimov like, Not yet. rapping online? <laughs> but I will as soon as the radio show Oh, my <laughs> goodness, it's good. It's like, um, anyway, are you sick of pointlessly auto-tuned stuff on YouTube? What if it featured Bill Nye, the science guy, and was about the science of climate change? Would you like it then? No? <laughs> well, screw you. It's really, 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 really good video. Yeah. I would just like, it was a little long because the, they do, a, it's an actual song. Yeah. So they do the chorus like again. But like by the second time, I was singing the chorus, like trying to, because it was so catchy and <laughs> it was just like, so. Yeah. Um, and Isaac Asimov, a famous science fiction writer, he was one of my inspirations for uh, becoming a writer. Yeah, I mean, it is, okay, so the video is called The Symphony of Science. Um, otherwise, if you want a link to the long YouTube uh, thing, uh, info at your community spirit, we'll send you our newsletter. Symphony of Science, our biggest challenge. <laughs> Probably should just play it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We, we may bring it next week, but you won't be able to see the video portion. Oh, yeah. The video portion isn't that phenomenal, mm -hmm. except you were like, oh, my God, that's Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's standing he's standing in, inside, like, um, the bay of, I think it's the New York Bay, and he's like, you know, it's all connected. <laughs> it's just like, uh, that sounds good. All right. So should we get to some uh, news and happenings or uh, uh, holidays and happenings? Let's do a few headlines. Okay. Let's see. Where, where were we at in the headlines? Let's see. Jill Stein wants to occupy the White House. <laughs> the Green presidential candidate braves cops to stump on the people's mic at Occupy Wall Street's first birthday bash. There's one thing Barack Obama and Mitt Romney have in common. They don't have to battle for attention with a squad of dancing jellyfish puppets. <laughs> Jill Stein did and won. The Green Party presidential candidate spent the time in Manhattan's financial district with the environmental contingent of 
Occupy Wall Street, dodging cops, patiently waiting out street theater performance, and shouting hoarsely into the people's mic. Do you know what the people's mic is? <laughs> yeah. It's when you, uh, you say something and then people repeat it. Because so be you're heard. not allowed to have amplified sound in public anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an actual amplified microphone, they arrest you. Yeah. <laughs> so now they've come up with the people's mic. One person says something and then everybody says it louder. Yeah, they echo it. <laughs> yeah, so. Wall Street has put our climate in crisis, Stein yelled to a ample wiggling of spirit fingers. It's up to us to lead the way on the economy and the climate. So, all right. All right, other headlines. Introducing the Great American Interactive Wildfire Map. Uh, you can map... Uh, you can watch the wildfires that are currently burning with Climate Central's new interactive wildfires map. It's even got little flame icons to show the wildfires. Today is the UN International Day of Peace, and tomorrow is the International Day of Radiant Peace. There you go. And tomorrow's Hobbit Day. <laughs> Just to let you know, it is the birthday of two hobbits. <laughs> yes, and uh, tomorrow is also the Autumn Equinox. Uh, it's the Autumn Equinox coming up tomorrow. It's not on the list. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's interesting. It says... Oh, yeah. Only in Japan. Yeah, it says it in Japan, and then it says on the 23rd. Uh, I'm wondering where our holiday list may be from, if it's uh, maybe saying it's, it's on the 23rd. Maybe it's in Europe. I don't know. So, um, fall does begin. Let's see. All right. Yes, in the northern hemisphere, fall begins. In the southern hemisphere, spring begins. Ooh. That's how the whole uh, position of the planet works. There we go. All right, some regular community happenings um, this week at Gaia House. This week's theme is peace. Today is the UN International Day of Peace. So at the Friday open mic, we are all saying to give peace a chance. This includes songs, poems, anything else you want, because it is open mic. Hmm. Every Friday at Gaia House. That's 913 South Illinois Avenue or on the web at ourgaiahouse.org. All right, other happenings. Uh, we have Rice and Spice, the International Slow Foods Dinner. That's coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at Gaia House Interfaith Center. And that's now a membership dinner for people who are members of Gaia House. And so they'll have people there with more information on how to become a Gaia House member. Uh, this week's theme is canning. Canning is a method of preserving food in which the food is processed and sealed in an airtight container, i.e. a jar, a canning jar with a lid that you put on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, not only does canning provide a typical shelf life for food anywhere from 5 to 30 years, it also saves money on food that you'd have, that you'd have to buy from somewhere else. So it's uh, tonight, uh, starting at 6 p.m. over at Guy House Interfaith Center. Man, Guy House on Friday nights. Stop by there for fun food and salsa dancing. Don't know how to salsa dance? Well, not a problem. Lessons in dancing starts at 9 p.m. on Fridays. So, All right, and Wednesdays over at Guy House, it's uh, morning yoga basics for women. It's a class that lets you start your day right with some yoga. And that's uh, Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Now, tonight is the last Friday night fair of the summer season because today is the last day of summer. So 6 to 9 p.m. on the Town Square Pavilion is the Friday Night Fair. It, it's a back-to-basics event that draws the community together. So some new community events, Naked Yard Sale and Food Drive. No, 
the church people are not going to be naked. <laughs> it's a Church of the Good Shepherd. It's their annual naked yard sale. That is household items and homemade baked goods, but no clothing. Yeah. You that, were wondering where that was going, weren't you? Yeah, that's why they call it naked. It's yep. the no clothing yard sale. <laughs> Saturday from 8 until 2 at the Church of the Good Shepherd. All right. Also coming up uh, at the Church of the Good Shepherd on Sunday, the Pride Picnic. Uh, the Church of the Good Shepherd will be holding their annual Pride Picnic on church grounds. The picnic is meant to be an open and affirming event that brings together and celebrates individuals and families in the spirit of diversity. Uh, starts at 10.30 a.m. with the worship service. Uh, the picnic portion lasts from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. and includes kids' activities such as games and face painting, balloon artists, silent auction, live DJ, prizes all day long, and great food. The uh, event will also be an opportunity to give back to the community as donations will be accepted all day for the Carbonale Good Samaritan Food Pantry. I've got the video potted mm. up. Listen. Oh, okay. Keeps the earth warm. Keeps the earth warm. CO2. Make the earth too warm. It holds in heat. This is Bill Nye. Chlorofluorocarbons, water vapor, and carbon dioxide. They all trap heat. Methane, chlorofluorocarbons. You have to go and see the whole video. Yeah. They all trap heat. That is important. There's Isaac Asimov. There he is. To face the problems which attack us as a unit. Is clear. All right. We will see you again. We will see you again on the radio next week. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. Have a wonderful week out there.